Our story opens mid-stride. We're stepping in halfway through this courtroom drama. Pilate and the Jewish leaders are in the middle of seven scenes, back and forth, inside and outside, with argument, reasoning, shouting, and questions. Last week, we started this long morning with Jesus early in the morning. And by the end of the text today, it is noon. I'm reminded of my maternal grandmother, who used to have a large collection of VHS movies at her house. I loved going to her house for many reasons, but partly because I could watch things and we didn't have a television at home when I was growing up. The problem was that Grandma was the queen of spoilers. We would be five minutes into a movie and Grandma would walk in and say, oh, did the mother die yet? <laughs> or, oh, do you know that little boy has cancer? No, Grandma, we didn't know that yet. But, like my grandma, we know what happens here. We get the spoiler every year, and any time we turn to the end of any of the Gospels. Yet we are suspended in this painful moment with Jesus. We are invited to witness and his wrestling with power, the calling of names, and the cruel shouts for death by crucifixion. We see Jesus standing alone, beaten and mocked, yet still composed and thoughtful in his answers. We start mid-morning with Pilate ordering the flogging of Jesus. The soldiers make a show of mocking him with the title and the role that Jesus has been accused of claiming. Hail, King of the Jews. They almost spit it in his face. After dressing him in the color of royalty and pressing the jabs of a thorny crown into his head, the soldiers approach and strike him on his face, hitting the central place of our identity and recognition with slaps that both challenge and demean. The guards are an extension of Pilate's power. He can order others to work under him, to do his dirty work, and to enact violence on his behalf. But this very power to order violence and punishment is what the crowds and the Jewish leaders work to subvert to their own ends. We follow these two threads, what we call this man Jesus, his title and true identity, and who has the power in this situation. As the scene unfolds, we see different parties vying for this power. 
like a chess match trying to outwit the other. And our ideas of who holds the power is thwarted. Pilate offers that Jesus is a man, but the Jewish leaders shout back that he should die because Jesus is claiming to not just be a man, but the Son of God. Who is this Jesus? Is he human or is he God? Surely he cannot be both, can he? Yet that is what we have gotten to know of Jesus in our journey through the Gospel of John. Fully human and fully God. Yes and not either or. Pilate should hold the power here. He is the one connected to the ruling bodies and given the authority by them to lead. But he is backed into a corner and we see him going from reasoning to fear to resignation that he may have to give in to doing something that he may not want to do, saying, I find no case against him. Commentator Bishop Craig Satterley says it this way, in both scenes, Pilate asserts that he finds no case against Jesus. In both scenes, Pilate tries to assert his power to use the systems to escape the situation. And in both scenes, the Jewish religious leaders who claim to be the powerless ones win out. The crowds are holding an interesting line. They want to keep themselves pure for the celebration of the Passover festival which almost humorously harkens back to a scene that mirrors this back and forth reasoning with those that are ruling over them. Moses and Pharaoh squaring off against each other as Moses seeks to release the people of God and Pharaoh suffers the plagues that are sent when he refuses. The Passover comes before the Exodus, when God's great deliverance is shown to the children of Israel. Here, these Jewish leaders don't want to defile themselves so that they can remember God's goodness in the past, but they can't see God's good work among them and they are yelling to kill God's next great deliverance that stands before them in the man of Jesus. But Jesus, in his teachings, his perceived disrespect for their ways and laws, his challenge to their power and their way of working, is seen as a threat rather than a savior. So they project this threat onto those who have more political power so that Jesus will be, disposed, will be disposed of without the blood or the responsibility falling on them. If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor, 
Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. They find what button they need to push in Pilate to make him do what they want. They tip the scales by playing on Pilate's fears of losing control of the crowds and his position in the government. I wonder, in our fear, who do we lend our power to? We have seen the power of crowds lately, for good and ill. Unions organizing workers at Amazon and Starbucks, a mob storming the Capitol buildings, making claims over an election. Protesters filling the streets, trying to make their voices heard to change the things they see as injustice. Ordinary people organizing so that their power is held together in their numbers. Does this kind of power scare us? We as a congregation have committed to working as part of Faith in Action. On their website, they say, Faith in Action is a coalition of faith communities and organizations in Harrisonburg and Rockingham County, working together to enact change and justice in the Shenandoah Valley. As Faith in Action has restructured itself over this last year, they have hired a community organizer, and we have needed to have conversations around organizing people, money, and power. It is not only those who have political power or with lots of money who have power. We have to claim our own voices, our relationships, and yes, even the power that we hold. We, f we tend to fear talking about power, especially when it may be power over others. But power in and of itself is not a bad thing. We have choices about how we use our power. When we feel powerless to change the situation might be when we can join with others to make changes in our combined strength. We can have power with rather than power over. While the Jewish leaders feared Jesus, they did not fear stepping forward. In raising their voices, they played on Pilate's fears, turning their power into a threat. Maybe that is our fear, too, that this group energy might go astray or be corrupted. In contrast to the shouting crowds, Jesus wields the power of silence, refusing to answer Pilate's question. And then, when he does speak, his words resound, just as Jesus has had choices on his way to Jerusalem, he has a voice and he chooses to use it. 
Even after being beaten and mocked, Jesus looks in the face of the man who could have him killed and says, You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. And here we are brought back to who this Jesus is. He is a man standing before a ruler, yet not only could he be a king, but he is the son of God. Jesus calmly claims power beyond human ruling positions and reminds all there that he is descended from the divine. Like the children of Israel crying out in the wilderness to go back to slavery in Egypt, these Jewish leaders would ra rather promote allegiance to the emperor and maintain the little power that they have than allow Jesus to be part of God. They cut themselves off from this saving work that Jesus would offer them through true freedom. I wonder, how do we condemn ourselves by the allegiances that we make and the company that we keep? As Jesus is led away to be crucified, we are left with several soul-searching questions. When have we refused to see God in our midst and instead tried to stay removed, pure, and clean? Is our fear blocking us from the very thing that could free us? As we approach the cross with Jesus, we can, hold, can we hold this tension of Jesus being fully human and fully God, a savior who comes to show us the way? And are we willing to follow the costly, nonviolent power that Jesus enacts in the week to come? As we reflect, I invite you into a space of confession with me. We will begin with a sung Kiri A, asking God to have mercy on all of our faltering steps. before you, Jesus, and name our power, the power we have and the power that we long for. Jesus, forgive us.
We name our fear with honesty and clear eyes beyond the shouts of the crowd. We make our confession to you. Let us see where we have controlled others and where we have been controlled. Jesus, forgive us. When we wrestle with our own humanity and long to see Jesus as only perfect and not human, remind us that Jesus took on human flesh and that even our broken humanity is holy. Jesus, forgive us. When we are tempted to hurl insults with the crowd, to blame those in power, and to seek only our own power, Jesus, forgive us. God of infinite love and compassion, though we have strayed, you have never abandoned us. In this season of repentance, we come confessing our sins and reaching out for the healing power of your forgiveness. Through Christ our Lord, give us renewed and truthful hearts that we may follow in all of your ways. Amen. 